0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9, verse 46, and a message titled, Power Struggle. You guys have power struggles, power struggles at home, with your kids, with your spouse with your at your work you know what is it within us that that drives us some of us maybe not all of us but drives us to achieve or drives us to win and sometimes other people get kind of pushed to the side because of that I don't know I, I mean that's definitely in me I, I know that I love to play board games but I don't love to play board games because I lose. I love to play board games because I win. In fact, we played uh, Ticket to Ride the other day, and I noticed something about my teen boys that I hadn't noticed before, and that is that they're starting to use some strategy. Like they've they've gotten to that point where they they're starting to think through things and not just willy and And so, like I'm watching Joshua, and he's like pulling cards. And ticket to ride, like pulling tickets, and like he's got them already completed. And he's just like pulling a ton of them. And I'm, I'm like, I don't have nearly as many as him, and I'm just kind of stressing out. But I'm banging it out, you know. But I had, long, he had all these short routes. I had this really, really long routes, and then I was starting to complete those, and I, yeah, I dominated. And I don't tell you that story because I lost. I tell you that story because I won. I want you all to know that I won. But, but then the next day, I, it was Friday. We played. We played cover your assets. I did not name that game. We called, we played that game and they took all of my assets. They I mean they bankrupt me and, and it was like the three of the boys against me. And I'm like, what in the world? This is awful. And so I, I was telling the group last night there's gonna be a rematch, and there was a rematch after church last night. And I had six hundred and forty thousand dollars, and the rest of them had like less than a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, maybe. But I just dominated them. I figured it out. But anyway, I, I don't know what it is in the human condition that makes us want to to win, to, to to win over everyone else, or to be the best. But as we look at our text today, we're going to see Jesus with his disciples, and he teaches them what this attitude really is and what it really should be at least for the Christian, at least pertaining to the kingdom of God. So if you're able, with, will you stand with me? We're looking at Luke chapter 9, verse 46, is where we're at. And last night, unfortunately, I, I have it down here to verse 56. We are not going to get that far. I, I, I told Jeremiah before the service last night, I was like, I don't think I'm going to get through this whole thing. And I didn't. And so we're not going to go that far. We're going to go probably to 51. But anyway, it says, Then... A dispute arose among them as to which of them would be greatest. And Jesus perceived the thoughts of their hearts, took a little child and set him by him and said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me and whoever receives me uh, me, and whoever receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all will be great. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent his messengers before him, before his face, and, and, and as They went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven to consume them just as Elijah did? But he, he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And Father, I just pray that you would just give us grace this morning as we get into your word and as we unpack some of these concepts, Lord, that, that we would have a heart of submissiveness to you, Lord. Or just giving you a little bit of time right now, Lord, just, just to, to give you permission to change our hearts this morning, to give you permission to do what it is that you want to do within each of our hearts and our lives. And I pray, Father, as we talk about these things and we talk about the drive to win, the drive to be the best, I pray that you would help us to have your heart and your mind when it comes to the kingdom of God on these matters. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So the disciples have had a front row seat to some pretty amazing things. Of course, they've seen people healed. They've seen demons cast out. They've seen some of them got to see that the the Holy Spirit follows a dove upon Jesus at his baptism. And, and, And since then, it's been lepers cleansed and demons cast out and lame people walking. It's been pretty amazing. Last time we saw that his disciples were going up on a mountain and seeing Jesus transfigured, like everything went white, you know, his face shining like the sun, his clothes like lightning. I mean, pretty stark and amazing description of, of what they got to see. And then the father speaking. Now, of course, those disciples were told, don't tell anybody. And so as they came down the mountain, kind of on this high of everything that had happened there up up on the mountain, they... they find the other disciples struggling over this young man who is filled with a demon and not able to cast out this demon. And so Jesus, of course, rebuking his disciples, saying, you faithless generation, how long will I put up with you casting out the demon with a word? Now, as everybody was kind of celebrating the fact that this young boy had been delivered, now he's free, Jesus then, in just a really strange a strange timing and strange way turns to his disciples and in verse 44 said this, Let these words sink down into your ears for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying and it was hidden from them so they did not perceive it and they were afraid to ask him about this saying. So this is the third time that Jesus had said something like this. The third time that Jesus was talking about Him, him going to the cross, and of course he didn't. He didn't use that exact verbiage, but earlier on he did give a a, even a more detailed description in verse twenty-one, when it said he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying that the Son of Man must suffer the thing, many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and raised the third day. And, And so, what Jesus was preparing for was his real mission. His real mission, and yet this still wasn't the, the whole story. The whole story was, you know, I'm going to... You know die, bury, be raised again, and then the Holy Spirit is going to outpour on the church, and that's when they're going to be his witnesses and so he tells them not to tell anyone in fact, even after his resurrection, he say, "Don't tell anyone, but go into go to Jerusalem and wait, and they waited for ten days until they received the Holy Spirit because without the Holy Spirit, they couldn't be witnesses for him and so this is an interesting thing that Jesus is telling them because he is telling them about the the true mission and the true purpose as to why he came to this earth. Not not to heal sick people, not to help all the hurting people, not to give everyone a better life, not to make life better for the world. And and I think that as we look at Jesus and coming into this world and all the things that he did, if his mission was to help all the helpless and to heal all the sick and to cast out the demons of everybody... If that was his purpose, then it's been another failure so far. But that wasn't his purpose. What was his purpose? I guess that's the big question because you look at the world and things are falling apart still. And as we even look at the world now with everything that's happening in Ukraine and all the things that are happening around the world in the last two years of a pandemic and everything, everybody's been freaked out. What what was Jesus' real mission? And what is the purpose of all this? And why are we here? And what what's going on? Well, it's very simple and, and actually it, God didn't waste any time explaining to us what his plan was going to be. And that is found in Genesis chapter three when, when the serpent deceived the woman, Satan deceived the woman to, to disobey God and sin came into the world and the man and the woman fell under the condemnation and, and the bondage of slavery to the, to the devil. That God promised that he would send the seed of a woman, a virgin-born son, a male child, who would crush the head or the authority of the serpent. That he would release the bondage of slavery that man was brought under in the Garden of Eden, and that he, by his death, would pay for the death, Jesus being the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, we read in Revelation chapter 13, that, that he would pay the penalty of death that was due on the day that Adam and Eve took the fruit off the tree and reconcile the scales of heaven as he hung on the tree and died in their place and in every single person's place who would say yes to Jesus. And so Jesus died for our sins. He took the penalty of sin and that was his purpose was to bear the weight of the sin of the world and that he would make a way for anyone who was willing, anyone who would say yes and receive him it tells in John chapter 1 verse 9 that to all that would receive him, he gives the right to become the children of God. And, and that's who we are once we've accepted Jesus Christ.
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 991